Welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, hello and welcome. We value your time and energy and hope you receive a lot from tuning in. As a listener-supported show, we rely on you to help us grow. We'd be so grateful if you share the show or a favorite episode with a friend or fellow health seeker. Living a healthy and nourishing life doesn't always come easily, especially in today's crazy world. But that's why we're here, doing what we love, hopefully helping you along with information and inspiration that fuels your health pursuits. If you're looking for more support, consider subscribing to the monthly Meal Guide membership. Just $11 per month gets you access to a weekly meal guide filled with healing and delicious whole food plant-based recipes, along with invitations to our regularly scheduled support calls where we can connect, answer questions, and keep the good vibes flowing in our healthy lives. You can learn more at www.alter.health slash meal dash guides. And if you're looking for more in-depth support, check out our other services. We offer both one-on-one consulting as well as educational programs. All of our current offerings are listed at www.alter.health. Our ultimate goal is to empower you to heal yourself. Keeping with that theme, let's dive into today's show. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Alter Your Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Ben. And I'm Dr. Susanna. And we are both naturopathic doctors who empower you to heal yourself through whole food, plant-based nutrition, as well as mind-body medicine. And today, we're excited to talk about the energy of opening your heart to heal, and specifically healing cardiovascular conditions, but also just bringing our body into a deeper state of love and compassion and peace. And we, as we discussed in Medicinal Monday with regard to our cardiovascular system, our heart muscle and optimizing its, you know, health and performance. When we do that, then that flows to all nooks and crannies and corners and cells in our body. And um, I just think that the energy of opening our heart is so important, you know, if not for the reversal and optimization of our cardiovascular health, just for our health and well-being as an individual, a community and a species on planet Earth. So that's what we're going to be talking about balancing this heart energy chakra stuff and some science that really suggests how powerful um, this uh, this conversation really is with regard to your health. Yes. Yes. So how about we continue our trend of starting with the more physiological kind of science-based information and then we get a little bit more energetic at the end. I can't stand it when you talk about that because it's all science-based. Okay. What do you mean? Okay. It's all it's all science. Based. Well, I I mean, you know, physiological you're, you're brain talk- heart connection versus the energetics. Yeah, but there thank you because there's <laughs> science and energy, you know, as as I you know, it's it's you're it sounds like you're suggesting that the energetic conversation is unscientific. But the physiologic. So you want to start with the physiologic conversation, which I think is always helpful to understand. Okay. Okay. So the physiological conversation between uh, the connection between the brain and the heart. And we did allude to this in Monday's episode. We were talking about the immediate effects, the direct effects on the cardiovascular system when we are under a state of stress. And uh, this is probably repeat for you all now. You're all experts on this now. But when the body is in a state of stress, 
what happens immediately is our blood pressure goes up, our heart rate goes up. And so those are two functions that are, you know, they involve our heart. They involve our they, heart directly. They stress the heart they, as an organ. They yeah. stress the heart. If it's chronically, if our heart rate is chronically elevated, if our blood pressure is chronically elevated, that sets up the stage for, you know, risk factors for heart attack, stroke, all the things we talked about on Monday. Not to mention the imbalance of our immune and inflammatory pathways, which set the stage for that endothelial dysfunction uh, issue, which of course is then exacerbated with the high blood pressure you know, with the accelerated heart rates and constriction of the blood vessels and whatnot. Right, right. And so I've found it so interesting in the last, I guess, 15 years or so, it was probably about 15 years ago that I heard about the work of the HeartMath Institute um, and how, you know, they're really scientifically, there's the word again, but they're studying, they're studying this brain heart connection and um, have published a lot of great information about heart coherence, cardiac coherence, and, you know, have essentially really, um, valid, why am Validated. Thank you. Validated. Pregnancy brain. Pregnancy brain. She's validated. not going to be able to use that for much longer. Uh. <laughs> validated that our heart has an intelligence to it. The heart has a brain. And uh, it's yeah. really interesting. Just go. You can go look up their I information. Trust, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the heart has a brain. The heart is a brain. Um, I think that's what you mean. Like just the kind of the, the nerves that and the, the communication and the signals. You know, we talk about... Um, kind of the autonomic nervous system and all these nerves and neurons that are connecting our our brain or with our digestive tract and our digestive function, our brain with our heart, our brain with our lungs. But the these these neurons that travel between our brain and our organs sending signals to operate also have neurons that communicate messages the other way. Go they, it's a two-way street. Uh, so the heart is sending messages to our brain. Our brain is sending messages to our heart. Our digestive system is sending messages to our brain. Our brain is sending messages to the to the gut and so, so on and so forth. Yeah, there's all sorts of uh, communication going on. What else did you want to talk about next? Well, next, I mean, if there's nothing more to say about kind of heart coherence and the more recent research. <laughs> Sorry, we're a little, we, we didn't really plan this one out. We, we never do, but sometimes we're more in sync and sometimes we're not. No, it's true. I mean, I always like to just kind of touch on the physiological brain heart connection or brain body connection. But really yeah. what I really get excited to talk about in these wisdom Wednesday episodes um, are, you know, the stuff I'm going to go into right now, which is talking about the energetics of the heart mm -hmm. and you know traditional medicine last week we talked about the throat chakra related so, to so we're done talking about like the 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 um heart brain connection and cardiac coherence and heart rate variability and all that kind of stuff well that's what i was asking you is oh, there anything more you want so to say I, about that there's i think there's a lot to say i think you okay. just kind of brought up these terms and you know i i think that understanding heart our cardiac coherence and heart rate variability is, is very helpful um, because this, this is really the science of how our emotions, how our emotional 
you know, energetic state influences the function, the energetic function and physiologic function of our heart. Because you, you talked about kind of the autonomic nervous system, the stress response, chronic stress, constricting blood vessels, raising blood pressure, heart rate, et cetera. But also emotions, just, um, just uh, you know, uh, sadness, uh, loneliness, uh, anxiousness, these kind of emotional states put our heart into a different coherence as well. And um, the, the studies of HeartMath Institute talk about how when we're in a state of peace and love and compassion and understanding and appreciation and gratitude, um, the electromagnetic frequencies of the, the brain are in sync with the electromagnetic magnetic fre- frequencies of the heart. And if you've ever seen, um, it's the, the shape of this phenomenon is called a torus or a toroidal field. And that's kind of like this, it's the, like, you know, people say that the earth and all living things on the earth have this electromagnetic field surrounding it and emanating from it. And um, that the, the, the strength and resilience and coherence of that electromagnetic field is really, uh, as far as human beings go, is um, dependent upon cardiac coherence and our, uh, you know, state of peace and resonance within ourselves. Um, and then, you know, there's all the studies around heart rate variability, which is similar and related to cardiac coherence. But uh, heart rate variability is really just uh, a way that we can measure or um, assess the uh, the activation of our autonomic nervous system. So an increased heart, uh, heart rate variability, it's not increased heart rate, but it's increased variability between heartbeats. So, you know, it's not just love dub, love dub, love dub, love dub. We've got variability between our love dub heartbeats. When we're inhaling, our heart rate speeds up a little bit because there's more sympathetic nervous system activity. And when we exhale, our heart rate slows down a little bit because there's more parasympathetic nervous system activity. Um, so that's, those are some things that play into our heart rate variability. So an increased variability p- between our heartbeats is actually a really good, healthy thing. It's uh, indicating that we've got more parasympathetic activity, more, more resilience of our vagus nerve, specifically the autonomic nervous system that's controlling that peace response and healing response in our body. Um, and that is a huge predictor. There's again, a lot of research and studies that are showing that people with low heart rate variability have an increased risk of cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, stroke, and of course, you know, so many other chronic health conditions that are associated with that sympathetic chronic stress response. So our goal as human beings is to increase cardiac coherence by being in a more peaceful state of mind and a more resonant state of being in our body. Um, Also, there's something to be said about kind of the electromagnetic uh, grounding, you know, being grounded on planet Earth rather than ungrounded. And, uh, you know, being in nature is so helpful for that. Um, And that but then also increasing our heart rate variability, which is done through Again, being in a peaceful state, but also breathing properly, you know, lengthening our diaphragmatic exhalations um, and, you know, just being more mindful of our presence and our thinking and our state of mind and tuning in. 
So I think in addition, you know, what they've been discovering about heart coherence in terms of um, connectivity with others is really interesting because this electromagnetic field that surrounds the heart, it actually extends beyond our body. Yeah, like six feet or something. Yeah. So when we're in a state of, um, you know, balanced heart coherence, the others around us can really feel that and pick up on that. And it creates uh, kind of a vibe, a, a feel in the room and people are able to work, um, you know, in collaboration. It's great for workplaces. It's yeah, great it's, for everything. There's more of that shared mind uh, feeling. And yeah, I'm, I'm uh, remembering, you know, some information that I came across early in the uh, lockdown days when there, there was kind of the, the six feet part, you know, social, physical distancing stuff. And a lot of people felt as though that, that distance, and because that's kind of the, 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 what has been scientifically verified to be our electromagnetic field about six feet. And of course, maybe six feet is also the average distance that sneeze particles fly. Uh, But in any event, you know, when we're six feet apart or more, we're not really electromagnetically resonating and connecting with one another. And maybe you felt that when you're just kind of at a distance, you feel a little distant, even though maybe you're really close with someone and you start coming more into their field um, and you feel more connected just because of that electromagnetic resonance that's taking place. Yeah, so all these words that we've been using so far, like connectedness and joy and love and compassion and peace, these are all the things that are associated traditionally also when we talk about the energetics of the heart from kind of traditional medicine perspectives, Uh, when we're talking about the chakras, for example. And the heart is associated with the fourth chakra, the heart chakra, which is also termed the Anahata Chakra. And I found it really interesting as we were kind of preparing for this episode, I learned that Anahata translates to um, unhurt, un, what are the words, Ben? I want to get this right. Unhurt. Uh, Unstuck and unbeaten. unbeaten. That's interesting. Yeah. So there's like this resiliency and this flow and this trust, I think, that I associate with Anahata. But um, yeah, it's interesting how the translation is the negative not <laughs> hurt, not stuck, not beaten. Yes. Um, rather than, you know, like, like whole and resilient and in the flow. Right. Um, so, but, but yeah, that's, that's really what it's saying. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when we look into more of the heart chakra and, you know, when we're in a state of balance, um, I'd actually prefer to refer to those notes if you can pull them up here. Yeah. So when the heart chakra is in a state of balance, we are feeling more connected with that sense of love, that sense of joy, that sense of connectedness to the people world, people around us and the world that we live in. And that is then reflected in the heart, in the health of our heart, in the healthy beating um, It reminds me to mention just the phenomenon of a heartbreak, (laughs) you know, Um, you know, of course, if like we have a loss, a loss of a loved one, maybe, um, maybe we have a breakup, maybe we, you know, learn something that just breaks our heart. Um, And that feeling that sense, that emotion, that response 
is one that kind of penetrates that resilience of our heart and starts to create this imbalance energetically, this acute imbalance. And of course, there's nothing wrong with, you know, feeling heartbroken. Um, but, but then the heart heals itself again, because there's again, this innate resilience. And I'm also remembering this, just a brief little tangent. I'm remembering about um, kind of the science around the, the emotional response of kind of being vulnerable with those emotions, you know, being hurt and feeling hurt, feeling heartache and heartbreak, and then being vulnerable with that, of course, is, re is related to the release of other hormones and healing compounds in the body like oxytocin. And that vulnerability and that connection, again, is literally responsible for repairing and healing and strengthening the physiologic heart organ, heart muscle, whereas the heartbreak and the heartache, you know, it's, of course, this kind of like uh, emotional phenomenon, but people have cardiac events in the face of heartache and heartbreak. And, you know, of course, if there's more physiologically vulnerable, um, but you know, people go, go to the hospital with chest pain after the loss of a loved one when it's, uh, you know, fortunately, there's not like an acute cardiac event, but it, it feels that way. Right. Um, so just yeah. interesting stuff. And I think, you know, this kind of acute imbalance of the heart chakra, that's something we've probably all experienced at some point in our life. But some people also have this kind of chronic imbalance where there might be this like this kind of pessimism, this yeah, uh, lack of yeah. joy, this hardening of the heart closed off from uh, receiving love or closed off from, you know, really being vulnerable in relationships and kind of closing ourselves off from the world. And yeah, that kind of chronic energetic pattern is, um, you know, possible contributing factor into our physical heart health. 100%. And so I'll, I'll read what Louise Hay has to say about uh, these possible contributing factors for heart issues. And she says for heart attack, interestingly enough, uh, the energetics is squeezing all the joy out of life in favor of money or position. So I thought position that was or positions or position, position, like position in life, like status in life, oh. which I thought was really interesting. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, we put our joy on the back burner and we're just like kind of barreling through life to succeed in a way. Um, I feel like I can totally kind of see that kind of archetype of person who yeah, is thinking, really stressed at work. I was just, just thinking the same thing, you know, you know, uh, if like all nutrition being equal and physiology, physiology being equal and cholesterol numbers being equal and blood pressure numbers being equal, you know, if there's someone that's in a peaceful relationship with, you know, loved ones and one's life and one's purpose, and then there's someone who's barreling through life and, you know, feeling that disconnect, that person's going to be much more likely to suffer uh, physiologic consequences of heart disease versus someone who's in that, you know, more peaceful state. Totally. Yes. And then in general, when she says heart problems, um, heart problems can be a result of longstanding emotional problems. Well, yes. Lack of joy, hardening of the heart, 
belief in strain and stress. So the belief that like life is hard and kind of this pessimistic outlook Mm -hmm. on life. And this is all very consistent also with what Ina Siegel says. Mm -hmm. She says contributing factors for heart issues include feeling blocked, unenthusiastic, uninspired, flat, depressed, heavy-hearted, stressed, uh, close-hearted, wounded, rejected, hardened, cold, giving up on love, not believing you deserve it. It's a long list, but you kind of get the overall sense of this closing of the heart energy. Yeah. So what do we do about that? <laughs> well, I think, How I think, do we connect with joy? Yeah. I mean, how, how do we, uh, you know, shift that energy? How do we shift those blockages? How do we open up to the flow? How do we, you know, embrace our, you know, purpose and love and compassion and understanding. And, uh, you know, this leads me to think about just the, the power of our psychologic immune system, our psychological immune system. Of course, we know our physiologic immune system is always working for us and defending us and supporting the pathways that balance our system and detoxify and clear anything that is stressing or straining us. And we've got the same thing going on in our energetic, emotional body or being. Uh, we And we don't have to do anything to turn on our psychologic immune system, just like we don't have to turn do anything to turn on our physiologic immune system. And, this, and, and that being said, it's like the more we try and get in there and fix things, and manage our thinking and control our surroundings like the more we try to get in there we're just generating more of that psychological tension and thinking and overthinking that really just makes more muddy water turns up the muddy water and you know diminishes our ability to see clearly and think clearly even more so the 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 thing to do which is so counterintuitive is to not do anything and to let everything kind of settle and then trust that we are going to have clear thinking. We are going to have peaceful understanding. We are going to have, you know, uh, uh, an insight because that's our true nature. You know, the peace and the love and the understanding is our true nature and all the stuff that, is contaminating our ability to connect with that is just passing through. And then our human tendency is to get in there and fix stuff. Um, And it's really tiring and we've all been there and it's always just a constant ongoing gentle reminder to get out of the way. Right. Right. Well, I think one of the biggest misunderstandings that um, society has led most of us to believe is that joy and love are things that we have to find outside of ourselves that we have to chase after. And it's so interesting because, you know, we think about maybe the example that Louise Hay brought up, that kind of archetype of that person that's like in the rat race, chasing money, chasing position, chasing success. And it's like, why do people chase money? Because they think it's going to bring them joy, right? They think it's going to help them find love, right? Maybe not in every circumstance, but that's what's driving a lot of people, right? But if we just realize that love and joy are not things that we have to chase after in life, they're not things that we have to make happen for us, that we actually innately are joy, 
that we innately are love Mm -hmm. and that all we need to do to connect with our innate true nature is like what you are saying, just get out of the way, way. let the psychological immune system clear. So the cluttered thinking Mm. passes. And the only thing that's left over is your beautiful, brilliant joy and love that'll shine through every single time. I'm just uh, called to share like something that I remember hearing earlier, earlier in my life when I felt a little bit lost and I felt a little bit disconnected and confused. And I, I heard it all the time. And I'm sure you have, Suzanne, I'm sure everyone's heard it that you just, you know, life is about following your passion and, you know, following your passion, following your heart. But what if you don't know what your passion is? What if you don't know what your heart, what your heart's calling you to do? And then it's like, oh, shoot, how do I follow my passion if I'm not feeling like if I don't know where it's going? Um, So that just perpetuated my feeling of feeling lost. But then I heard something different. I, I heard bring your passion to everything that you do. And that kind of takes all of the feeling of lost and confusion out of the picture. And it brings me more into my present moment anywhere, anytime, whether it's, you know, going for a walk or a run or a bike ride or whether it's going grocery shopping or whether it's, you know, watching a TV show or a movie, I bring my passion to everything that I do. And then I'm more fully present and more sensitive and perceptive to where I'm being called and how I'm being called to show up and, you know, move through my life. So that was kind of just a, a, a mindset shift around showing up in my life, which mm-hmm. I think is, uh, you know, relevant to this conversation here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, that passion isn't something you have to go chase or pursue. That's something that you have with you innately. Yeah. Carry it, bring it to every, everything, everywhere can be right. a passionate experience. Right. And if we could just like kind of visualize that it's like, we're actually bringing joy with us everywhere. We're actually bringing love with us everywhere. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go to so-and-so's house to have a joyful experience. Right. We're actually bringing all of those qualities with us. It's just that a lot of the time we're not connected with it because we're hyper-focused or not even focused, but we're distracted by all of the cluttered thinking that's, you know, going through our minds at any given second because we're human and that happens and it's all good. It's part of the process. (laughs) Anywho, speaking of cluttered thinking, ramble, ramble. I don't have cluttered thinking, but I'm kind of just rambling. I guess we are. Um, So thanks as always for joining us for another Wisdom Wednesday conversation. And uh, just as we're wrapping up here, just a reminder to check out our offerings at www.alter.health if you're looking for more support and guidance and inspiration in your health journey. Uh, You know where to find us. And we look forward to staying connected and seeing you guys next time on the podcast. Bye for now.